Praise the Lord, everybody. All right, let's, you know I'm always going to ask you to do it twice. Let's do that again. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. It is good to see all of you here today. I'm, I'm, I'm always excited to see a full house and see all of your shining faces here this morning. Uh, we are blessed to have you here, and we believe God's going to do great things in this service. Why? Because that's what God does. Amen. There are a few things that we're going to have to discuss, uh, a few announcements. We have some dismissals this upcoming week. Uh, November 23rd, our Tuesday morning prayer is going to be dismissed because of the holidays. Wednesday, November 24th, our midweek service is dismissed. And the men's prayer on November 27th that will be dismissed as well. Please remember that December 19th, we will have our Christmas service that will commence at 11 a.m. And Sunday also on December 19th, we have our Christmas for Christ offering. If please see uh, the special envelopes that we have in our lobby. And finally, please make sure that the church office has an updated address, your address as we prepare the end of year statements. Like I said before, I am very excited to see you here. But the reason I am most excited, the, the thing that I've been most looking forward to is joining with you and lifting praises to the Lord. I love the Lord this morning. He's done so much for me. I do not deserve the graciousness and goodness of God. But he is gracious, and he is good, and I want to praise him. Can we lift our voices to the Lord this morning?
Shadow, you won't light up. 
over the house. Can we praise him for a moment? Let's everybody lift our voice. And lift your voice to the Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody here today thankful for the love of God? Aren't you thankful for the love of God? Hallelujah. Turn to your seats. Great to see everybody here today. Thank you so much for coming. You may be seated. Those of you joining us on live stream, Facebook Live, we're so glad you're here. And I'll ask you today, sincerely and fervently, to please stay tuned in for the rest of this service. This past Wednesday night, I spoke to you, presented to you a very perhaps a very unusual subject. I titled my presentation in form of a question, backsliding, why? The reason I did that was to of course deliver to you the burden of my heart Wednesday night, but to also serve as a segue into our service this morning. And if you've not noticed by the songs they've sung, is to prepare a platform for what we're going to present here in just a few moments. I've asked somebody today who, in all due respect, has lived the life of a backslider. If I've ever seen a trophy in God's trophy cabinet, it's this person. God has, redone, has done remarkable things in their life since their return back to Him. I've asked for Michelle Grown to come and talk to you just for a few moments, and then when she's finished, I'll bring to you the Word of God. Everybody say, God bless Michelle. Thank you. Praise the Lord, Grace Church. God is so good, amen. He is so faithful. When Pastor asked me a few Tuesday nights ago to give a little bit of my testimony, I started thinking about what I wanted to say today, and all I could think was, was God loves backsliders because he loved me. Amen. I walked away from God for about eight years. It could have been a little bit more. I'm not really sure. But during that time, I watched my life completely unravel. I watched everything that I loved be torn apart. See, that's what sin does. He likes to tear things apart. But there were many Sundays that I would still find myself sitting here at Grace Church. See, once you experience the Holy Ghost and a relationship with God, it's really hard to live a life full of sin. You can party, you can drink, you can go places that you have no place being, but deep down at night, when there's no one else around, you know the truth, and you know that there is only one place you can go to find peace. And that is in the presence of God. So many Sundays I would walk in here at Grace Church, walk through these doors. I would sit over there kind of where Shanna was. And everyone was always so welcoming to me. People were always praying with me or for me. But there was one person in particular that basically tethered herself to me. And that was my dear pastor's wife, Sister Murphy. If you know Sister Murphy, you know that she is an eternal optimist. 
She chooses to see the best in everyone, even when they can't see the best in themselves. And I thank her for that. But I tell a lot of people when I give my testimony that this lady loved me back to God. And it's the truth. I remember on those Sundays that I would miss, she would call me or text me. Michelle, where were you today? I missed you in service today. There were many times I looked at my phone and I said, oh, she's calling again. I didn't want to answer. I felt guilt and shame. But deep down on the inside, I was just so thankful that someone cared. I may not have responded all the time, but there was something so sweet about knowing that I was missed and God was still chasing after me. In 2016, I was feeling particularly low that first part of the year. Long story short, I had to have a major surgery. And I remember the Murphys coming and praying for me before I went back in. Sister Murphy even came to my house after work, I mean, after uh, my surgery, and took me to post-op visits since I wasn't able to drive. That is the love of God. When someone just loves you like that enough to do those, those things for you. And it did not go unnoticed. I finally was able to come back to church. Sister Murphy said, come on back on a Wednesday night. It'll be kind of, you know, more calm and you can just come back and kind of get back and come into church. And I remember I walked in on that Wednesday night and Casey was teaching a Bible study that night. She was teaching about worship, true worship, Brother Ben. It wasn't a service about coming back to God, but it was a, a service about worship. And maybe many of y'all remember that service that night. But I remember sitting over there and uh, Sister Murphy came and grabbed my hand and she said, Michelle, would you like to go and pray? Would you like to go and worship at the front? And I remember walking down to the front that night. There were many, many ladies around me praying for me and it was as if the presence of God just completely washed over me. Amen. And I am so thankful for that experience. One of the ladies said, Michelle, it was like I saw the walls of Jericho completely fall all around you. And that is exactly what happened. God broke all those chains, all that guilt, all that fear. That's what God does. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So after several months after that service, after rededicating my life to God, on October 23rd, 2016, I stood up here and sang with the praise team once again. Now listen, church, I'm not the best singer. I don't always sing the right notes. I don't always say the right thing. I mean, in fact, Jason, sometimes I even forget what the Bible says. But you know, when I stand up here on a Sunday morning, it is not to entertain, Brother Ben, but I am up here singing my testimony. It is a testimony of God's faithfulness. It is a testimony of God's goodness. Amen. All my life, God, you have been faithful. All of my life, God, you have been so good to me. You thought I was worth saving, Sister April. You thought I was worth keeping. You thought I was worth cleaning up inside, God. This backslider, this mess of a woman, God, you thought it enough to love me. All the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. When I stand up here, it is not for you. It is to give glory and honor to God. It is my testimony today. Yes. Hallelujah. And I thank Him for that. God is so good. Yes, He is. But I came today to not only say that it was because of God that I am here, and it truly is, but it is because of a church that loved me, a church that encouraged me, 
that welcomed me back with open arms. Church, I'm come to tell you this morning, you have no idea the role that you play when you reach out to a backslider. Whenever you call them or text them, they may not always respond. They may not always say, I miss being there. But let me tell you something. It speaks volumes to them. It spoke volumes to me. So do not ever discount when you reach out to someone that has walked away from God. Pastor, I'm going to say one last thing. I believe in these last days that we are not only going to see a revival of the unchurched, but we are going to receive, we are going to see a revival of backsliders that have decided to come home and get their life straight and see their life fulfilled, see their life blessed. God loves backsliders, and so should the church. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand and give the Lord some praise today. Let's praise Him. Would you clap your hands today to the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Michelle, so much. Thank you for being so honest, so transparent, if you'll remain standing. Um, I appreciate Michelle so very much and she has responded beautifully to the grace the love of God and also to the very open heart and very open arms of the church she exemplifies that every day of her life and thank you so very much thank you so very much I want to read today from Acts 29 or excuse me Acts chapter 20 verse 29 and I'd like to read through verse 31 Half of this message will be to probably a very, to a much smaller group here today, but then another part of it will be to everybody. Acts chapter 20. For I know this, Paul said, I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. The devil will come and he will rip everybody apart that he can. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, and draw away disciples after them. Verse 31. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. I'm obviously coming to this pulpit today with a very heavy, very burdened heart. This has been something that's in the making for now several months. But I want to talk to you today, and it's a strange title, but you'll understand it in a moment. I want to talk to you about the blessing of the prodigal. The blessing of the prodigal. Everybody say, thank the Lord for the word. Thank you for standing, and you may be seated. <clears throat> This message today, large in part, focuses on those that have heard the gospel before and have at one time or another walked in truth. But for some reason, but for some reason, have walked or strayed away from it. 
some slip, some slide, some skid to the fringes of the very kingdom of God. And most do not even recognize the very risky place that they are living in. They are commonly referred to as the prodigals or backsliders. The word prodigal or nor backslide is found in the King James Version of the Bible. Backslider is found once. I referenced it Wednesday night. However, both are unmistakably referenced in the Bible. I also find it very interesting in studying this subject that not much on this subject of prodigals is found even in the book of Acts. The church... The book of Acts church was off to an unsullied, exciting launch. Focus was on world evangelism. And people literally put everything they had on the line for the gospel. But I'm sure there were backsliders during the 30 or so years that the book of Acts covers the history of the church. However, it is not a subject that is headlined or even highlighted. In Acts 20, 28, certainly Paul alluded to impending danger. He solemnly, with tears, warned the church to guard themselves, to guard the church, which was purchased by the Lord Jesus and His blood. We can read his warning indicators. Take heed in verse 28. Watch and remember, he said in verse 31, these warnings are fundamental in our continued walk with the Lord. Pay attention, he said. Look out. Remember what the Lord has done and where he's brought you from. The writer of Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 said, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip. To better facilitate our discussion on prodigals or backsliders, we must journey back to the Gospel of Luke chapter 15 that is referred to as the lost chapter. A trilogy of three things lost, sought, And found a sheep, a coin, and a son. In reference to the lost son, Jesus said, And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion on him, and ran, and fell on his neck, and kissed him. I want to, along with Michelle, make a declarative statement this morning. It's a statement of hope. And I believe it is one backed by the Word of God. I believe some prodigals are on their way back home as we speak today. Amen. Rod Parsons, in bringing home the prodigal, said, There's nothing as frustrating as seeing people come to Christ through the front door of the church and losing others in almost the same proportion out of the back door of the church. 
Most commentaries will highlight that the Father watched and waited. I believe that's the way Jesus portrayed him. That is the typical story. But to me it sounds a little too passive. I choose to believe, especially knowing our Heavenly Father, that he was a little more active than that in reference to the prodigal son. Before the boy saw his father, his father saw him. I choose to believe that the father was no doubt praying, preparing, persevering, plundering heaven, if you will, plowing through hell, if you will, interceding for his son's return. I would like for all of us to picture the father, picture him as weeping with an unquenchable obsession with the return of his son. I feel much the same way today. There is something that has gotten a hold of my spirit over the past several months that I can't explain. I am desperate to see the prodigal, the backslider, come back to God. It's time for them. Y'all are sitting staring at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. And you raised your hand Wednesday night. All of you that were here raised your hand and says, I know a backslider. Maybe it's our posture that's discouraging them from coming back. I think we ought to be open-hearted, open-minded, willing, praying, interceding, travailing, doing whatever it takes to see them come back to God. It's time to see the prodigal. If your lost loved one backslider could see you right now, they would say, no, I'm not coming back because most of you don't care if I come back or not. I need some more people here today that know some prodigals, that know some backsliders to stand to your feet and let's give the Lord some faith and anticipation on their return and at least act like we care about it. Excuse my brashness, but too many of you have sat in my office and have wailed and cried over your backslidden sons and daughters and spouses for you to sit and look at me like you're looking at me now. There's a hypocrisy going on here that we need to overcome. Everybody say amen. Done with that statement. It's time that we stretch our imagination. It's time that we reprogram our thinking. We need to be full of anticipation with the return of the prodigal, full of expectation, full of hope, full of hope, full of urgency, full of eagerness in the return of your backslidden friend or your backslidden loved one. All the things that I've just presented to you are very closely related with faith. Here's a sampling of faith translations and verses. In Hebrews 11 and verse 1, you all know it. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We have to have an eye for the backslider. We have to see them up here somewhere praying back through to a healthy relationship with God. 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, as but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. In Luke 1, 37, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Jeremiah 31, verse 16 and 17 said, Thus saith the Lord, refrain thy voice from weeping, and thine eyes from tears, and thy work shall be rewarded, saith the Lord. And they shall come again from the land of the enemy. And there is hope in thine end, saith the Lord, that thy children shall come again to their own border. And I still believe today with all of my heart that we're going to see the wayward return home. Everybody say amen. The word prodigal dates back to the 1500s and refers to a reckless squanderer, someone that is wasteful or a person that spends all his substance or money wastefully. A prodigal may be a son or daughter, a brother or sister, a husband or wife, a father or mother, a friend or an acquaintance. I believe it's important today, it's priority today for Grace Church to assume the posture, to take the posture that we want these people to be right with God. Whether they return back to Grace Church or not, the important thing is that they return to the kingdom. And everybody say amen. amen. So you may wonder today with me about my sermon title. How is it possible that there are advantages to being a prodigal or a backslider? How, how is it possible that there are advantages the prodigal has? For most of us that knows the backslider, the situation seems bleak. Worse still, it is the prodigal's choice to step away from the father's house. I I don't recall asking anybody to backslide. I don't ever recall asking anybody that I think it would be a good thing if you left the church. I don't think any of you have ever done that. I hope to God we've not ever done that. But people make up their own mind and the reasons are endless. But they choose to step away from the Father's house. And that is exactly my point. It's not like that they've never heard the gospel. It is, it is that they have heard it or either chosen to neglect it or have chosen to reject it. But they know about the Father's house. They know about His people. They know about the gospel. And I believe today with all of my heart Deep down inside, they know their way back home. They know what they need to do to come back home. They already know their father. They know what is in store at the father's house. They will not be able to escape the things that they know. It could be a line from a song. I hope the songs that were sung here today to some here today, will never ever leave your memory. It could be the memory of a sermon. It could be an instruction from a parent. 
It could be a prayer that was heard. I could still hear my mom and dad, both of them, praying in my mind. I believe that an accumulation of these things or maybe even one of these things will come back to remind the wayward, the backslider. My guess is that it bombards the life of a backslider more than once and I've heard more than once say that. These things are constant reminders. I believe here today that these men on the ministry team, all three of them have kids in this church. You've heard your daddy preach numerous times in this church, perhaps other places as well. You'll never forget those sermons. You'll never forget statements that your dad made. They will stay with you the rest of your life. And the reason it does is because deep down inside you know what your dad preached was the truth. They're constant reminders. And the father never gives up easily. The mother never gives up easily. I believe that most backsliders here today, if they were honest, would tell you they even know where they should go to church. They should know what church they should be attending. I want you to notice in Luke 15 in the lost chapter, the sheep was lost, knew that it was lost, but did not know its way back home. The coin was lost, but didn't know it was lost. And it didn't know how to get home. The prodigal was lost, knew he was lost, and he knew his way back home. Backsliders, the blessing of the backsliders because they know about eternity. Yes, they do. They know about a golden city called heaven and a red hot burning pit called hell. They also know that We are living in the last days. It's a long, drawn-out story that I'll not go into, but just this morning I watched a vlog put on YouTube by a backslider. He's one, a man that sang with one of the most incredible songwriters in apostolic movement. He was tempted and lured into a very grievous, immoral lifestyle, came out of it, but claims he ended up as an atheist. But in the middle of this vlog to demonstrate and to manifest that he truly knew this very famous songwriter, he began to sing one of his songs. You're still Lord, he sang. And tears began to stream down his face. It told me right there that no matter what statement you make out of your mouth, Deep down on the inside, you still know there's a God. And you know that God loves you. Yes, you do. One pastor mentioned that there was a backslider that he knew that went to bed each night with a full glass of water on her nightstand. She would take a drink before she went to bed, knowing that should death take her in the night, it would be the last drink of water she would ever taste. 
They have tasted of the Holy Ghost. Backsliders know the power of the name of Jesus. They've experienced God's inescapable and indescribable presence. They even know some of God's people. Hopefully with hearts like the loving, relentless father rather than the criticizing, bitter senior brother. One man backslid for seven years, returned to church and searched for a familiar face. He noticed an elderly lady he recognized. He walked up to her and he said, Sister, do you remember me? She quickly answered and said, Yes, you backslid seven years ago. And there has not been a day that has passed that I have not called out your name in prayer. I want every backslider in this area under the sound of my voice to know that there's somebody that is praying for you every waking day of your life. And because of that, God can never forget your name and where you are. I take comfort in that. Backsliders have a heightened measure of faith. Everyone is given a measure of faith according to Romans 12, 3. But when you hear and read God's word, faith is increased all the more. And the Bible teaches that. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. Dan, Dean, a lot of you are familiar with the trio of a number of years ago called Phillips, Craig, and Dean, I believe it is. Dan Dean wrote a song, I think it was in the 80s. But the words go something like this. Many times you've heard the story, sitting on your mother's knee. You heard about how much he loved you, about a place called Calvary. But now the story's just a memory of a time so long ago but that love still seems to call you, though you're miles away from home. And in the darkness of the midnight, when nothing seems to ease the pain, when there's nothing left to cling to, you'll hear him softly call your name. He won't give up easy. You're forever on his mind. He won't give up easy. He's just not the quitting guy. You gave yourself to sin completely, he writes. You gave it all you had to give. And now you lie awake and wonder if your sins he will forgive. If you could know how long he's watched you, hoping you would change your mind. While you've been chasing after rainbows, he's been waiting patiently in line. And today while he is calling you, you turn your back and walk away. Just remember while you're running. He's watching every step you take. He won't give up easy. You're forever on his mind. He won't give up easy. He's just not the quitting God. So Grace Church, what can we do? What can we do? Pray. First of all, pray that They'll come to themselves. It's what happened to the prodigal that Jesus talked about. As a church, we must keep the home lights burning. Always make the pathway clear for them to return one day. 
and we cannot change our doctrine. I believe one of the greatest letdowns a backslider would have to face is to return back to his church years after leaving it, finding it's not the same church that he left. We must maintain what we believe. I want to stop just for a moment. I've thought about it. I know someone that left the church in the late 1960s. know them very well. Oh my, has church, church culture changed since then. There's people that have been through the transition of church culture and have some have gone with it pretty easy. Others have been resistant. Others have fought it tooth and toenail. They don't want it, the culture of church to change, it, but it does. No matter what you do, it does. But one thing cannot change. It's our doctrine. But I thought about some of these 60s, 70s, 80s backsliders. If they came back to Grace Church, how would it be for them? I'm happy to say that we know a number of backsliders that watch our live stream on a consistent basis. They watch it on a consistent basis. Yes, they do. They comment. They make comments on Facebook while the preaching is going on. I want you to know, dear friend, the Grace Church is still an apostolic church. Yes, we do. We still believe the message. The style of music may have changed. Maybe the way the service is run has, has, may have changed. But when you come back to this church and hear preaching, it's going to be just like it was when you left. We still preach the Word of God. We still preach the Bible. And everybody say amen. It's important that we get the house ready for their return. I'm preaching to Grace Church now. Always, everybody listen, our, especially our lobby people, especially our lobby staff, when they walk in the door, be prepared to give them a sincere smile and a genuine handshake of friendship. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for coming. You're welcome to come back. We are so excited to see you today. We cannot forget to do that. It doesn't matter what kind of mood you're in. It doesn't matter if you and your spouse had a knockdown drag out that morning. It doesn't matter if you're angry with your kids. When a backslider walks through the door, we shove all of that aside. And we look at them with a heart of longing and a heart of desire. And we communicate to them unequivocally that we're glad you're here. You're welcome at Grace Church. Hallelujah. Treat them like you would like for your loved one to be treated. Don't ever forget to do this. And don't ever be judgmental. Don't ever be judgmental. We must become a prodigal friendly church. This message is a call for the church to be ready when the prodigals come home. One man told the following story. In a village near here, he said, is a large old house. An elderly lady lives there alone, and every night, as darkness falls, she puts a light on in the attic. Her son left home 25 years ago. Rather like the prodigal in the parable, she's never given up hope that one day he'll come home again. 
We all know that house well, he said. And although the bulb must be occasionally needing replacement, none of us have ever seen that house without a light on. It's for her side. Maybe we could begin to pray to ask God to create circumstances in the life of the prodigal that would cause them to look to the only one who could help. The prodigal was at the lowest point possible in his life. It was a pig pen that the son came to his senses. It caused him to find hope and find a way back home. As a church in the life of the backslider, we must be sensitive to times of vulnerability in their life. When one's heart might be open to the Lord, that's the time to step into their life. This includes sickness, sorrow, the birth of a child, difficulties in the family, a divorce, a death, the loss of a job, etc. Listen to pastor today. Forgive the prodigal, even when there isn't any evidence of change on the part of the prodigal. Many use as rejection and isolation and bitterness as a reason not to come home. They need to know here at Grace Church, you've been forgiven before you ever walk in the door. We must be like our Heavenly Father to love them unconditionally. And man, that's hard. Ernest Hemingway wrote a short story set in Spain in which a father and son fell out of fell out to such an extent that the son ran away to Madrid. The father said he wanted nothing more to do with him. But years later, the father realized he had been too harsh and he wanted to put things right. So he put an ad in the Madrid newspaper. Paco, meet me at the Hotel Montana at noon on Tuesday. All is forgiven. But Paco is a common name in Spain. And when the father turned up at the hotel, he had to force his way through a crowd. All young men, all named Paco. All longing to be reconciled with their father. Wisely and sensitively. We must seek ways to highlight what God is doing in the life of the backslider. That God would create a hunger in their heart for the things of God. The Bible teaches us to speak the truth in love. Otherwise, it's like giving someone a kiss with bad breath. The bad breath, the bad breath remains long after the kiss is gone. Grace Church, we can't condemn. We must look beyond who the prodigal is to what they must become, to what they can become. I'm asking us to anticipate, to expect, to believe, to maintain a sense of hope and encouragement. Some of our prodigals may not be as far away from God as we think. Understand that God is ready to bring the prodigals home and when our prodigals do come home pray that they meet the father first 
and not the elder brother. One writer wrote the following, a daughter left home when she was 18, turning her back on her mom and dad and God. She didn't get in touch with them. She didn't know whether, they didn't know whether she was dead or alive. Every, every night as her dad would turn off the lights before going to bed, her mother would always request, leave the porch light on. Six long years passed. And their daughter finally came home. The daughter said, I so often wanted to come home, but I was too ashamed. Sometimes in the early hours of the morning, I would drive my car onto your street, Mom and Dad, and just sit there. I used to gaze at the houses, and every one of them was dark apart from our house. You always left the light on, and I knew it was for me. As you stand with me this morning, I believe the following is applicable to the church. It's found in Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied it to the Jewish people. But I believe it's applicable to the church. I'm going to read the translation from the Message Bible. It says, when you're in over your head, I'll be there with you and when you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Because I am God. I am your personal God. The Holy of Israel, your Savior. I paid a huge price for you. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'd sell off the world to get you back. I'd trade the creation just for you. So don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'll round up all your scattered children. Pull them in from east and west. I'll send orders north and south. Send them back. Return my sons from distant lands, my daughters from faraway places. I want them back, God said. Every last one who bears my name, every man, every woman and child, whom I've created for my glory, yes, personally formed and made each one of them. I remember a number of years ago when we pastored in Baker, we had a singer come to our church one time. He was very popular at the time. His name was Greg McCool. A lot of you will remember him. He was backslidden for years. Came back to God. He was a dope addict, an alcoholic. He wrote a song, The Unspoken Prayer Request, and it's kind of his testimony, and that's what kind of put him on the map, and everybody wanted him to come to their church and sing it. He sang it here at Grace Church numerous times. But the story was that every time the pastor would ask in his little, small, traditional, rural church that he grew up in, parents went there the pastor would ask for prayer requests spoken prayer requests people would give them and does anybody have an unspoken prayer request in every every service every service his mama would raise her hand and said I was that unspoken request 
God ultimately answered that prayer and he came back to God. But I had that man come to our church and sing. There was a man there, I'm not going to call his name, he still lives in the area, attends another church in the area. Him and his family are doing amazing. But this man had not been in the church, had not been in church in years, with the exception of funerals, Christmas, Easter. We took a liking to each other, and I worked with this man for a year and a half. If I called his name, a lot of you would know him. Worked with him for a year and a half, finally. He came one Sunday night, repented of his sins, and prayed back through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He's still serving God today. Won some of his family back. Took a long time working with that man. And to be honest with you today, I tried every strategy that I knew, but more than anything else, I just loved him. There's another man that I know, been backslidden for a number of years. He attended this church. So they moved away, and shortly after moving, he passed away. His name's Phil Elwood. I miss his amens and hallelujahs randomly throughout the service. Went through a terrible, terrible tragedy. I spoke to Kathy about it the other night, the death of their grandson. Struck by lightning. It's more than Phil could take. It took a little while, but it was ultimately more than he could take. I'll never forget it was in a revival and he came one night just came through the door listened to the sermon and right there about the second row standing on the standing there by that chair he lifted his hands and just like that God refilled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost Phil never looked back and I believe today he is rejoicing somewhere in that golden sea could also talk about backsliders today that did not have either one of those experiences. One took a long time. The other was just kind of an overnight thing that happened. But I could talk about others today that passed out into eternity and never made their comeback. They did not take advantage of their blessing. They had increased faith. They had knowledge of God knowledge of God's people they had all of that they knew about heaven they knew about hell they knew all of that I want to tell everybody here whether you're right with God or not we can talk about the end times I can talk about the rapture I can talk about the tribulation period when it comes to eternity you can smirk it you can laugh it if you want to but if you don't believe in it I hope you're right I hope to God you're right if you don't but if it does, and I believe it does, there is nothing, there's no feelings, and there's no possessions in this world worth being lost over. You can have all the world, and you can be as bitter towards a church. You can hate church. You can hate me. You can hate everybody here. But there's nothing worse than facing that moment of passing from this life to another, knowing that you're not right with There's people here today that have the blessing of the backslider. Yes, you do. You know. I don't have to say anything. Uh, there's really nothing I can say. I had dinner just a few weeks ago with amazing people that I love, and they admit it. Not right with God. And I know there's nothing you can say. 
I've had lunch with backsliders. I do it frequently, as frequently as I can. And whether they say it or not, you know by looking into their eye, they know the blessing. Don't squander the blessing. It's one thing to be a loss when you've never heard. It's another thing to be lost when you know everything about it. So as our custom is here at Grace Church, we're going to open up the front of this building yet one more time. And these sweet folks up here, whoever they are, they're going to sing. Say whoever they are, know them. They just rotate around every Sunday. They're going to sing. We're all doing this. We just create an atmosphere to create an opportunity. about it, but to come home for real. For real, for real. College kids say 100%. Please stand. So as they sing in the church comes, would you come with
Oh 